to Minding My Business. This is a platform created for women who are wanting to elevate their business, their mindset, and their life. If you want to catch these episodes live, tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Instagram at Tanya C. Oliver, where each week I'll be interviewing a powerhouse guest. Welcome to Minding My Business, because that's what we do best, right? Minding My Business to elevate your business, your mindset, and your life. You know, every Tuesday, we bring on a powerhouse guest that really knows what's up and waiting for her to come on now. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you on. I know you're people like, oh, thank you. I'm like, no, thank you. No, I'm so excited to be here with you. You look fantastic. Thank you. I just came from a networking event to make sure that we prioritize this. So, you know, we always awesome. got you sharp. Yay. Awesome. And great. You look amazing too. Like I've been oh, looking at your pictures. No big change in transformation, but we're not going to get into that yet. Let me do a quick little intro. So for those of you that do not know this woman, she is a powerhouse and I got introduced to you from your brother and right. like, you're, I just been following you. I've been watching you. I've been seeing like your transformation on stuff. And I was like, yes, you are it lady. So Rahima, did I pronounce your name right? You did. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Rahima is our powerhouse guest for today on minding my business where you are here to elevate your business, your mindset and your life. And she is on triple digit flip on a and E TV Uh, Arizona house flipper, co-founder and project manager on Key Glee, which is a real estate investing made easy. Is there anything that I missed that people need to know about you? Well, I mean, I think we should emphasize that I'm Jamil's sister because he's like a whole nother job, right? Who's Jamil? Who's Jamil? Jamil who? Oh, yeah. My my brother is a powerhouse and he's always, he's like, I call him the Tasmanian devil, right? Because he's got these amazing ideas and he just goes to it and then sometimes he's like okay so i'm this far and now i need you to finish it off so i love that so um i'm also a mom of two um my parents live with me so i'm i'm their caretaker as well i'm a wife of just one right now i mean maybe we'll add some more later Uh, (laughs) you know that's that's basically me in a nutshell that's amazing and yeah he he is amazing we can't discredit can't discredit him but you know I like to celebrate our women I feel like our women it's time for us to like really be celebrated to celebrate together to support each other and a lot of times the women are are the the strength behind a lot of these powerhouse men that you guys see um and they're just starting to now come out but I love that you guys work side by side and I'm curious to know like how did you end up with what's the backstory of what got you in oh hello what got you interested oh, in <laughs> real estate and house flipping? Was that your cat? Is that a cat or was that your no? <laughs> that was that was my Kiori. Say hi, Kiori. Hi. She, hi. She made oh, sure I that thought, I thought, what like, I'm supposed to be doing. All I saw was this. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, she was trying to mic me, but it didn't work. So um, we're just um, gonna have to deal with the phone mic. Um, so let's let's see. You asked me how did Jamil and I get involved in real estate. So I would say about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. we were in Calgary, Alberta, and we started, you know, get, getting a house that was basically on two lots. So 
in Calgary at that time, about 20 years ago, everybody was splitting their lots. So if you were lucky enough to have a house on two lots, you could sell your house for a premium because an investor or developer would come tear down the house and build two houses. Mm -hmm. So we would literally go out hunting for houses, him and I. Mm -hmm. We'd go like with no background, nothing. You're just like, nothing. hey, want to hunt houses? Yep. Let's They'd just, just be like, hey, you know, we would re would identify that this is a house on two lots and say, hey, are you interested in selling your house? And now Jamil and I didn't have a plot to piss in because we grew up poor, really poor. And so we would not be able to close on that house, but we learned we could sell the contract. Hmm. So we had it under contract, say, for 100 grand. We could sell it to a developer, say, for 130 and we would make the spread. So we learned very early about the spread. We mm. would take that money and we saved up enough to put a down payment on our very first apartment building with a mortgage. And then we learned how to renovate that apartment building and then sell off the individual units as a condo. And then we would do it again and again and again and again until finally in 2008, we had amassed quite a little fortune, him and I. Mm. We were on our very last project together we had decided we were gonna take some time off after this one because it had been a whirlwind of just work. Mm -hmm. And that's when the financial crisis hit mm -hmm. and all of our lenders dried up. So we were just stuck holding the bag of our, for our very last project and we were completely leveraged on it. And I would say that we lost about 10 million bucks in 30 days. Mm. So we started at zero. And then that zero meant that we, I was at another province. I went to another province where we had bought some buildings that were condemned on a land play and we i just worked with the government to help provide housing for first nations or, or um, aboriginals and we renovated each unit at a time with theirs with the renter's sweat equity so it was be, me and the renter would go in and fix up the unit and then the government would pay the rent mm -hmm. and we did that i did that 30 times until we finally had all the units rented after a few years, we sold those buildings and moved to the United States. Wow. It sounds like you almost created like a blue ocean effect. So do you know the whole blue ocean, red ocean? No. So um, blue, red ocean is like everybody's going in that same market. If so-and-so is doing that, then I want to do that because I just see like the external success. They don't see what it took. They don't see like, like maybe that's something they're really passionate about. Maybe that's right. that was like their calling. Uh, blue ocean is like, okay, there's a bunch of sharks in this ocean. Everything's getting bloody. Uh, we got to create a new, op a new way or what we're doing isn't working because now there's a market crash. So we got to think outside of the box. So for right. what you're saying, um, it sounds like you had to figure out how to create your own lane. Absolutely. Even now we have to figure out, I mean, we're still stuck in traffic because <laughs> we're holding some property that. Uh, we need to get rid of, but we are talking to investors and even even in ourselves, we're, I'm reaching in to pull money out to buy some of the property that we're holding on to just because we're not willing to just let things go on a fire sale. But yeah. going forward, we still flip houses for a living. So mm -hmm. how am I going to be able to flip a house and make it profitable, you know, in the, in, in the new year? And so we're constantly looking at, okay, so how do we take this property? What's our budget going to be? You know, we can buy low right now. That's great. We're able to buy lower than we were able to buy a year ago. But uh, material costs are still high. Mm. Supplies are still limited in a lot of different areas. So we have to always, 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 always be recreating and pivoting ourselves. Always, mm. always, always. 
Speaking, speaking of like, I want to rewind a little bit, because the whole thing is about like, really, I love talking the realness of, you know, people don't, I feel like, I wish there was more out there. That's why I had to create it of people talking about the mental strength and the resilience and um, like, what happened? Because people could have easily gone in a whole different negative pathway losing $10 million. What tools did you have to pull? Um, in order to really get yourself like in a strong space to be like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to move forward and we're going to be okay. And we're going to, because in that moment, it's like death. Oh yeah. But I, I think the one thing that Jamil and I have is a really strong unified bond. Mm -hmm. So we're never in it alone. Neither one of us ever feels alone. And my parents have always lived with me. So mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're one unit. We growing up, we sat on one couch together. And even now, although we have multiple couches, we still tend to sit on one couch together. So, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a unit, we're a team. So we can't leave anybody behind. So really we don't have a choice. We just gotta keep going because everybody's gotta, everybody's gotta eat, everybody's gotta live, everybody's gotta be happy. So we just find another way, always find another I love that. So what you're saying too is it's like a lot of it a lot of it's also been instilled. Like it's been instilled since you guys were children, uh, like together, um, focusing on what you got to do to get yourself out of it, but having somebody by your side that you can trust in. Not a lot of people have that though. We got you. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Because marriages sometimes aren't strong enough to withstand um, yeah. a financial heartfall uh you know your parents will always love you but not every parent is able to really pull you up or pull you out sometimes mentally forget financially because they've got their own lives but mentally yeah. they're not there able to be able to pull you out um i'm lucky because mm -hmm. my parents are resilient my brother is resilient my first marriage did not withstand that yeah. financial hardship and i was a single mom for years after that um it just recently about Seven years ago, I, I remarried, but it was a tough Pardon me? Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And I have a, a seven-year-old boy now. Uh, we, he's wonderful. So he's, you know, another, another member of the team. <laughs> I love how you, like, how you use the unification of the team. I think it's so important. But I, I also feel like people have, you know, to hear the, the beautiful side of, like, family and unity and how you can, because I think there you hear so many stories, but you don't hear stories like what you're saying. Right. You know? So I think that's amazing of really having each other's back and, and the power of unity, how we'll always uh, really keep you moving forward, especially during times where life throws some pretty traumatic things at you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you have your family when times are good, but you need your family when times are, are a little bit turbulent, right? So we hang on to each other. Well, in the ideal world, for sure. Uh, a lot of people don't have that with their family. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. It is, but we can create it. We can create it through friends and speaking, right. of, uh, right. speaking of like soul friends and soul family. How are you able to let's say like discern like the real ones from the ones that are like presenters because you're in a very high position being on television, being successful in what you do, being a leader in your industry with you and Jamil. How are you able to really like discern people that are authentically real and to really let them into your heart, into your inner circle versus the ones that just want something out of you? To be honest, I, I pretty well give of myself to everyone to begin with. I'm, you know, I'll say, Hey, I'll give everyone a chance. 
Yeah. Uh, whatever you need, if I'm there, if I if I'm able to help you, I, I'm happy to help you. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been really lucky that I haven't come across people that I feel are just in it for themselves. Mm -hmm. I I kind of surround myself with people that I feel are authentic. I've been maybe I've just been lucky because I haven't come across any bad ones yet. <laughs> Don't say yet. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I've just been very lucky that all the people in my life are wonderful people. That's so amazing. How do you, um, as you've grown, because it seems like you've also had to grow a lot in order to have built and consistently building this empire. How have you, has everybody been with you? Talk about uh, team and unity. But speaking of friends, because this is a question I get asked a lot of people that are growing and they're investing in their growth work and they're expanding that they don't, they want to be loyal, but the people that they've outgrown are like holding them back. What do you do? Have you ever been in that position? Or? I haven't been. No, I usually yeah. take everyone with me. But some people don't want to go. I mean, maybe your group is different. Yeah, I haven't. I and mean, I'm, I'm really racking my brain right now trying to find some, like think about somebody who, who didn't join. And I can't, I can't come across one person. They all just put up their pants, put on their pants and said, okay, let's go. That's amazing. Man, I gotta be in your inner circle. <laughs> <laughs> come on in, you're in. <laughs> let's go, sister. All right, well, was there any moments where you had to really level up and um, become a higher expression of yourself or like, to like be in the position you're in today, like as oh, a yeah. Woman? The role as a mom or go ahead, what you're going to say. I'll give you a, a really a recent example. So when Jamil and Pace were approached by A&E for this television show for Triple Digit Flip, it really was a Jamil and Pace endeavor. And I remember one day in December, my brother says to me, hey, oh my God, I'm going to be on TV. And I'm like, well, that's so cool as I'm eating a donut, right? Because <laughs> my life was private. I did my work. I, I flipped my houses. I had a very small circle of people around me and I didn't really bother myself about anything. And mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, so I'm going to be on TV. And I'm like, that's great. And then again, in March, I heard, Hey, we're signing contracts. I'm going to be on TV. I'm like, that's so phenomenal. I'm so happy for you. He goes, will you come on like one or two of the episodes? And I said, sure, whatever, no problem. And then in May, when A&E actually came to start filming, they're like, okay, you guys are awesome, but who does the work? And who actually flips the houses? And Jim was like, oh, that's my sister. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, I was thrown in. I had four days notice. I was like four days from meeting the uh, showrunner to signing. I didn't even sign the contract the first year. Four days from meeting. And I was way outside of my comfort zone, 100% outside of my comfort zone. But I did it for my brother because mm -hmm. I thought, if I don't do this, then... This, this TV show that my brother's been talking about for the last five months isn't going to materialize. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put on my pants, my two small pants, and just do it. And uh, it was a very, very difficult experience because it was four months of filming. It was mm -hmm. 10 houses. I had never been on television. They were enormous endeavors. We were dealing with supply chain shortages. We were dealing with permit issues. We were dealing with labor issues. We were dealing with all of it behind the scenes. But every morning we had to get up and get this to get these houses done. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely my my most recent experience about leveling up. Mm -hmm. I had no choice but to level up. 
But like, because that also requires mental, it requires emotional, it requires physical. Speaking of physical, congratulations on your new life shift. What is oh, yeah. that? Well, you know how that happened. I saw myself on TV for when we premiered. And I went, oh my God. And that day, I, I basically, because I've never really drank alcohol through my, my life. And then during that first season, I started drinking wine just to get, like, just to fall asleep. And that's sugar in your body that my body wasn't used to at all. <clears throat> so it progressively gained weight during that season, during those four months. And then when I saw myself, I said, this is not the lifestyle for me. I, am, I don't want to drink alcohol. I don't want to eat this, this terrible food for me. I need to be more consistent in my exercise. And the weight came off. And it didn't come off quickly. It came off at about a pound a week, but it came off. Yeah. But how did that also impact? Because here's the thing I noticed, like a lot of, a lot of, lot of elite entrepreneurs are like, they want shift, but they're like, oh, but I don't have the time. Now you actually made time. And I love like you're sharing your journey. You're being the leader. Leaders go first. Like that's what leadership is. Um, and you make the time. You're like, I'm even on here for your Peloton. I'm on here for 25 minutes. We can do it. You know, <laughs> you're like coaching, but what uh what is that mindset shift that happened where before like you said you were drinking glass of wine night you were eating what fast food is that what yeah yeah i mean when you're when you're filming you're eating craft services and craft services is fast food breakfast lunch and sometimes dinner so what was it where you like made the time to shift it because that pain point hit you or like what would you say to people that are watching this when like i you know like i'm tired of looking like this i'm tired of feeling like this but like, I can't figure out where I'm going to put it. Right. So, I mean, for me, it was really specific. I had to wake up early in the morning so that I could get in half an hour, 45 minutes worth of exercise. And then I just limited. I ate. I mean, look, everybody eats, right? We're all hungry. We're like, I'm starving. I need to eat something. <laughs> but I, Right? My I would, like, I would, how are you always eating? I'm like, because that's how you say lean. You got to always eat. You got to always eat. So I ate like a tremendous amount of vegetables. Like I have eaten more zucchinis than I think were planted in, in the country. I don't know how I got them all, but I ate them all. Uh, because I would just find some kind of vegetable that I could eat quickly that I could, you know, cook up with different spices and tastes and make that my meal and just ate yeah. it. Flour, yeah. broccoli, zucchini were my best friends for a long time. <laughs> did you, did you notice an impact? And this is where I'm trying to get at because food does impact our pineal gland. And that's like what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not about the body. The body's a byproduct. It's like money. Money's a byproduct of what you're doing day in and day out. But, um, it impacts our cognition, our mental sharpness, our, our connection to operating in higher frequency, our energy levels, which impacts our performance. What shift did you notice when you started making that transition? Oh, I stopped paying attention to what I was going to eat, right? Because it was already chosen for me. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was going to eat these vegetables. So I stopped thinking, worrying about what I was going to eat or if I was going to grab a bite or who I was going to eat with. I just eliminated social activities that required me to eat outside. I ate at home. If you wanted to meet with me, I'd be happy to meet with for a cup of coffee in which I would have a glass of water mm -hmm. or black coffee. But I took that out of the equation because I knew that for that year, I needed to stay very focused on what I was going to do. So I absolutely just took it out of the equation. What am I going to eat? It's there. The food is there. It's ready. Yeah. I, it's a bunch of vegetables and protein. So how did that help me with my mental focus? Well, mm -hmm. I think we're still a lot like cavemen. We spend a lot of time worrying about what we're going to eat. 
right? So when you're not worried about what you're going to eat, you have time to think about other things. Mm -hmm. Organization, you know, how do I make this just further educating myself in my own field? I had more time to do it just for taking out what am I going to eat out of the equation? Mm, how did you notice you were you had more energy to oh for sure and... for sure i mean you and i both know if when we're eating really well and all of a sudden we break down and have a piece of cake or a donut we don't you don't feel good i i don't feel good after i do that it's a surge of sugar in your body that doesn't make you feel good when you're not eating it for a prolonged amount of time and you realize just how detrimental it is to your body because yeah. when you do have a little bit of it you're like yeah i i feel sluggish yeah, but not even the body, it's the mind. Because remember, right. our, our peers, which are entrepreneurs, what's the most critical thing everybody needs? They want to be like mentally sharp, make less mistakes, right. be like, have more energy. And, you know, that is like a big part of what we're putting into our body. And uh, there was a few years ago, and when I was working on my own addictions, I was like, all this stuff is slowing me down. I'm never going to reach my goals. And so I'm going to be on this journey of eliminating every person, place, or thing that slows me down in my life. I love that. I yeah. love that. And how did that work for you? Amazing. And you know, I'm operating at high levels. I'm, I'm getting better every year. Um, I'm sharp. I'm healthy. I'm focused. I'm living. Awesome. 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 Yeah. And what did you do to get rid of those people that you felt were slowing you down? How did you flip this interview on me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. I told you I'm sharp. <laughs> what, was, what was your, what was your, like, how did you do it? Did you just say, hey, look, man, I, I don't see the benefit of this anymore? Um, no, I just, uh, the simplest way, and I tell people this all the time when I work with them, is like, you never want to push people away because you're giving people, you're doing a disservice because maybe those people want to be a part of the journey with you. And it's like, when you're in the space of growth and you're going this way and you're so loyal and you want people to come with you, if you go this way, it's like crabs in a bucket. Right. You're never going to pull out. So if you keep going this way and you say, hey, you guys, whoever wants to come with me here, I'm, I'm going to be over here. You're welcome. You invite them. You see, you automatically filter those people out for the ones that do want to be a part of that journey. Yep. No, you're right. Yeah. So, because energy is going to go where it's going to go. And if, like you said, I'll, hey, I'll have coffee. Like, you and I are going to, like, totally the same. I'm the one that goes out to the events late at night. I'm like, can I get some green tea, please, and honey on the side? Right. You know? And everybody's eating at, like, midnight. And I'm like, nothing good comes out of anybody after, like, nine. Oh. Turns into gremlins. That's exactly <laughs> what I say. I say, if you're not, you know, I, I'm in bed at 8. I'm asleep yeah. by 8.45. I'm up at 4 a.m., and, and people say, well, what about, you know, networking with people in the evening? I said, when you're networking with people in the evening, you're getting high. Yeah. Let's just be honest. No, nothing good comes after nine o'clock. You need to be in bed. You need to get up in the morning and get going. Yeah. And even in events, uh, I mean, you're networking all day long if you position yourself correctly. Yes. Yeah. But speaking, speaking of pivoting, you mentioned a few times like pivoting as you try to pivot me, but I like it. I got it. I got it. So, <laughs> really quick. <laughs> real quick. I mean, I'll tell you, but we'll get back to you. It's about you today. Um, when do you, when do you know, because I also get this question a lot. When do you know it's time to pivot? And what does like pivoting mean to you? Like when you know, like, okay, if I stay here too long, it's actually going to be more destructive than beneficial. So we got to move a different direction, whether it being in business and life and whatever you're doing. 
geez, that's a that's a really big question. Uh, how do you you feel? I think you have to trust your gut. Mm. You have to trust your gut, and you have to not um, fall into fear, right? Because fear motivates a lot of people's decision, and if it's fear that's motivating you, uh, you'll feel that because there's an anxiety that's related to that fear. And when it's your gut telling you, it's your intuition that's saying, hey, 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 listen, you gotta, you gotta watch this, watch this. But when it's fear, it's like holding you back. So I, tr I look, we're all scared. I get scared yeah. sometimes too. I get scared and then I, re I reach out to my brother who talks me off the ledge, right? Jamil, I'm not getting any calls. I got all these listings and nothing's happening and he'll talk me off the ledge. Or um, Jamil, I'm not sure that I'm going in the right direction on this. Can you, and same with him. If he's feeling um, frightened or anxiety towards something, he'll call me and we'll talk each other off the ledge. Mm. But your intuition comes in from your experience, right? You've experienced uh, ebbs and flows in life, whether that be in your personal relationship or that be in your business. And your intuition is based on those experiences. It lets you know, hey, this isn't right. What you're feeling right now, what you're going through right now, that doesn't sit right with you. Whether it be with a friend or a colleague or in a personal relationship, and you have to trust your gut. You can't say, no, 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 it's, everything's going to be okay. If it's not okay now, you're going to have to make it okay. And if you can't make it okay, then you're going to have to ex exit yourself. Mm -hmm. How would you say, um, I know because I spoke to Jamil a few times, and I know he's very big on meditation. Do you meditate? Right. I, I do. Um, between four, usually between 4.15 and 4.45 is my meditation time. You hit that time. We know about that time. I've been to yeah. a doctor's dispense event. So literally we meditated from like 4 a.m. until, I don't know. It was like a seven-hour meditation. It was amazing though. Wow. Uh, yeah. Between four and five, actually the time we were prescribed from our by our faith, like our faith says... Between four and five is the time that you should meditate. That time should be given to meditation. So since Jamil and I were children, we've been meditating between four and five. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. What a life skill. If we were at like, you know, young ages, what would you say? Because I mean, I know, but remember this shows for to share with other people that are wanting to other women that are really wanting to find a deeper connection and a strength within their mind and their business and their life. But how would you describe the power of meditation and how it helps with strengthening that intuition? Because the biggest thing that I see coaching high end achievers at high levels is that sometimes they, the people that aren't there, they're the ones that don't trust themselves. And it's a really, really big thing. But I, I personally find meditation to be a big part of, uh, strengthening that self-trust. 100%. I agree with you 100%. That's what the meditation comes into, right? It, it gives you a sense of calm. It allows you to listen to your intuition and separate that from fear. Mm -hmm. Because all those emotions come to you as you sit. You're, you know, you're worried about something. You're excited about something. There's all these different emotions that come and you have, you as an experienced meditator, you're able to quiet those emotions and those feelings down to be able to entice the calmness to come back to you right but we're all human when you wake up you wake up with oh my god what's going on what am i going to do today what do i got to worry about then you have to calm yourself so i think meditation allows you to do that through the day too 
because there's many mm -hmm. opportunities where people are faced with something that's frightening or full of anxiety and you have to step be able to train yourself to step out of the situation and really look at it and then come back with a solution and meditation allows you to act um with thought rather than just instinct yeah and thank you for answering that because not everybody has a jameel <laughs> right. you're like oh jameel is like but what if we don't have a jameel right and a Jamil can be anybody, right? It can be somebody that you trust. My Jamil happens to be my brother, but it could be somebody that I trust enough to be able to give me good advice and not just, because sometimes we have friends that aren't really friends, right? They'll give us advice that they aren't quite sure of, that we're not quite sure of, but we're kind of like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that advice. Uh, but it goes against your intuition. So I would say always trust your intuition. My intuition is to talk to my brother and listen to what my brother has to say. That's my intuition. That's but yeah, but everybody has an intuition. And mm -hmm. so maybe you might not have an external person to talk to. So you have to rely upon yourself and your own experience. Hey, it's Tanya. I'm calling a quick timeout intermission huddle. So bring it in. I'm personally inviting you to our inner circle. It's our monthly VIP meetup with other achievers just like us. Each week, I'm teaching everything you're going to need in order to be successful to step into the most elite version of yourself. I'm going to break this down play by play, the tools, the systems, the strategies, everything you're going to need in order to operate at higher levels mentally, physically, emotionally, and energetically. Look, we're in a season where the idea of full potential just isn't cutting it anymore. It's time to really be it now. So click the link in the show notes and I'll see you in the inner circle. Peace. Yeah. And, and I love that you said that. I was in a conference, this one guy, he's like under 30, a Zane, and he was speaking and he was like, I like, who do you turn to? And he's like, I just turned to myself. And a lot of that is like, you know, but you said your intuition told you to go to your brother. And so before even going to him, because sometimes only you're going to know what that decision might be because they might give, a, a, give you information that they think is right, but only at the end of the day, you're going to know what's right for your path. Right. Yep, absolutely. And sometimes we just need like that confirmation from like a human voice, but at the end of the day. Sure. I, I remember I was uh, looking to buy a house about a year and a half ago. It was a big mountain property. It was going to take a lot of work and money and renovation. And he said to me, and I was having a hard time with the financing. And he's like, Rahima, the house is gone. How do you feel? I'm like, relieved. He goes, then don't buy the house. I mean, I, I would have known that, right? But I needed somebody yeah. that I trusted to say, hey, just tell me how you feel right now. The house is gone. Oh, I feel relief. And he's like, okay, that's the deal. So he's, you know, sometimes you need somebody to just remind you, hey, how do you, what, what does your intuition say you should do? Listen. I love that. What are some of your non-negotiables? You mentioned meditation. Right. What are you, you exercise. Right. What are some of your non-negotiables that keep you operating at your, as your most elite self on a day-to-day -day basis that you know, if you miss, you're just not the same. Okay, so I actually go to a house of worship and pray every evening. So I make the effort at 6.45 in the evening to get dressed and get into my car and drive for 15 minutes, 
say my prayers, meet with my community, get back into my car, get to my house, get in my pajamas and go to bed. That's my evening routine. Um, when I didn't do that during COVID, the house of worships, many of them were closed mm -hmm. and it was hard for me. And then I would actually call people from my community and say, hey, we're gonna make a makeshift house of worship at my house. Everybody come over, come and say your prayers with us as a community so that you can go home with some peace. Um, I find if I don't do that, my evening is wasted. But if I do do that, it keeps me grounded. And I really believe in the power of uh, praying in congregation. So, you know, for me to just get up, even if there's only 20 people at that house of worship at that time, whether it's 20 or 200 or 2000, it doesn't make a difference to me. I believe that there's power in congregation. So that's a non, absolutely a non-negotiable for me. I have to go. Mm -hmm. Is that Monday through Sunday? Monday through Sunday, yeah. Oh, Even if it's an event, I'll you know you'll see me sort of disappear out of an event around seven seven ten or how long it's going to take me to because my house of worship happens to be really central, so I can get there pretty well in fifteen minutes from anywhere in the valley. So mm -hmm. you'll see me kind of disappear at that time, and if I have to come back, I will. But then I generally just head home. <laughs> it's a good way. Hey, you guys gotta go. Bye. Yeah. Peace out. Uh, peace out. <laughs> What if you're traveling? Because I know you guys travel a lot, or maybe you don't. Maybe in my head, I think no. you guys are traveling, or is that Jamil? Uh, Jamil travels a lot because his work doesn't necessarily need him to be in the valley checking out houses and making sure the work is getting done. So mm -hmm. he does a lot more traveling than I do. I do travel. I'm actually going to Lisbon next week. I'm going to New York to take my son to Broadway because he's a theater buff. And then I'm going to go to Lisbon for a few days and then head back. So I do take little trips to Sedona, but not like Jamil. I, I, I don't think I could handle Jamil's <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, well, what if you're traveling? I mean, are there places you can go anywhere you're at? Or Yes. I generally don't go unless there's some place where I can go and say my prayers. I generally don't go to cities where I can't, or I can't find one of those places. And I'll find a zip code and find a hotel close to that zip code. That's amazing. And this is like, these are the things like I love talking about because, and thank you for being like very like authentic and real of, because these things are what have built you into the woman you are today and keep you operating the way that you're operating. And these are the things I think a lot of people don't think to ask, but we all have things that keep us like solid when everything seems very chaotic. So yeah. who are the people that are the most solid and how they stay solid when everything on the outside world seems like it's crumbling. And right. so uh, thank you for, for sharing, you know, the core of what allows you to be built the way that you are. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to share that. Um, I think a lot of people can benefit from uh, taking, you know, it, you don't have to get in your car and drive somewhere. You can do it with your family and it doesn't matter which denomination you're following, but submitting yourself to a higher power every day, is uh, for me very very helpful mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's zoom i mean there's so many things even online yeah absolutely you don't have to go there you don't have to go there and I, I feel like this ties into um what you're stating is like you have some pretty solid blueprints that are non-negotiables and um you define success and i think a lot of people think like when i get this then i'll spend more time at the 6 p.m and do worship you know, or when I do this, then I'll get this, but there is never going to be like a there. Right. 
exactly. You just have to start. You have to say, what are the things that I'm hoping to do when I get this and just start doing them. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, watch and wait and the success will come. Don't, don't worry about being a better person. Once you get to some particular level, just be a better person. Oh, I'll be more generous with my time or my money when I have this or that. Hey, just be generous with your time and money right now, right now. And everything will fall into place. Maybe you won't, maybe you don't have as much to be generous with, but whatever you have, be generous with. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. What would you say? Gosh, there's so many questions I want to ask. Are there any other like habits or behaviors that you really rely on that, you know, keeps you solid? Uh, habits and behaviors. Clean eating, your new lifestyle of taking care of your body, which helps you operate. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, I mean, let's talk about something that most people don't talk about. Like having an affectionate and amorous relationship with your significant other is important, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people are always like, oh, I can't sleep at night. I want to just have sex. It's like God's <laughs> melatonin, right? Just, just do it. Just, well, you know, I don't feel good about my body. Who cares? Nights. Do whatever you got to do. Just have that relationship. <laughs> yeah, have some relation, that relationship with your spouse. We don't talk about it as women, yeah. but we enjoy it. We love oh, it. Yeah. It's important to us. So we should take advantage of it and do it. And, yeah. you know, have that, have those looks with your, your spouse that says, yeah, I, I, I want to get you home. Let's go. <laughs> right? Let's go, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a non-negotiable for me, for you sure. Have, like, do you have like date nights or like, because there's a thing people think is like, I'm, I'm single. So I'm not in a relationship and I'm so focused. I have very high standards. So I'm not going to just date to date. Like I could be investing in my business, investing in people that I love, like my friends or family or going and taking care of myself. But when you're operating at the levels you're operating at, people even use that as an excuse to not spend time or to build more solid and intimate relationship with their partners. So I love that you're touching base on that. What else can you add to that as far as like being in a successful marriage from being in yeah. an unsuccessful marriage? Cause you've had two experiences. Yep. I've had two experiences. So um, definitely being open with your spouse, talking to them about what is going on in your lives every day. So I happen to marry a man who is significantly older than me. He's retired. I mean, his days consist of golfing and, you know, lunching and those kinds of things, which for me is perfect because if I had to deal with somebody who had the same uh, schedule that I have, we yeah. would each other. But mm -hmm. he makes himself available for when I have time, which works for me just perfectly. Uh, <laughs> so fine. Have you been golfing? Pardon me? No, have no. Four, four hours in in a cart where I may or may not have service sounds like hell to me. So I would never do it. Um, but yeah, he loves it. And I say to him, you know, golf and, and have friendships outside of our marriage and outside of our relationship. And it's good for you. It's, it's outside. I love that you do that. Uh, will I do it with you? No, but I'll be home and we'll, you know, we can make dinner together and we can go to pray together and we can do these things together. That's our together time. Um, and but Nighttime. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but it's important that you find when you when you do look for a partner or if you know if you're looking for a partner, find somebody who's gonna work with your lifestyle. 
right? Yeah. I that if I found somebody who was hyper ambitious, super involved in his his own career, that it wasn't going to work for me, because I need somebody to be grounded to make sure the kids get picked up and my parents have what they need. And I almost needed the, you know, the traditional wife, not the traditional husband, because I was the, the, the earner of the house. I'm, and I'm happy to be that earner of the house. I needed somebody on the other side. Yeah. So you happily chose a different role because I think yeah. some people think, the issue that I get sometimes when I find somebody that I'm interested in is they complain a lot that I'm so driven and busy and they don't get it. So sometimes it can even work in the opposite. Like that person still has to be able to like understand and meet your energy, but the energy doesn't always have to meet the same exact way as what you're saying, but there has to be an energy match. Right. Right. Exactly. There has to be respect in an energy match and that respect, comes from that partner being able to see you and see that you're driven and you're focused and you're busy and respect that that hey I respect who you are and I'm happy and I just whenever you have time for me I'm here mm. did you guys ever have that conversation when you first met like oh my god yeah absolutely I met him I met him and um, immediately was attracted to him interviewed mm -hmm. him You I interviewed, interviewed him? him like up front. I asked him Thank up you. front. Can I get all a high five? Because yeah, can I get a high five <laughs> on that? Because I literally like talk about that, and people think I'm crazy. I'm like, you, you literally like have to pre-qualify because that's energy invested. And when yes. when when we get our emotions wrapped in, like we're all in. So I can't I can't go there. No, no. I get, within minutes of meeting him, I interviewed him. I mean. In <laughs> If he wasn't going to be able to take that interview, then he wouldn't have made it anyways, right? Yeah. If you weren't going to be able to say, oh, yeah, I, get, I get why you're doing this, or I understand why you're doing this. If that didn't make sense to you, then just move on. But he stayed through the interview. He passed mm -hmm. the interview. And then I said, okay, perfect. This is going to work out. Let's meet for lunch on Tuesday, and we'll take it from there. And I, you know, I took I it, it in my own hands and said, I, I like you. I think this is going to work. And then everything else sort of fell into place. Mm. And then has it been like pretty smooth, like during very smooth, really good relationship, really happy. What would you say some core values are when it comes to whether it being an intimate relationship or even a friendship? I mean, friendships are very intimate as well. Yes. What would you say some of your core values are when it comes to that or before you really invested in your relationship with your husband and even friends that you have? So I need to make sure that we're sort of on a similar wavelength, right? Um, we're, I, I'm not, I'm not a, a drinker or a drug user or like a heavy duty partier. I don't want to do a line of Coke with you in the bathroom. I'm not interested in that type of lifestyle. So if that's your trajectory, then I'm probably not going to be your best friend. I'm not going to want to hang out with you outside of, you know, whatever work relationship we're in or why, why ever we're, we're even talking. It's probably not further than that. Um, so kind of a clean lifestyle is definitely a core value for me. Um, I don't want to really hang out with people who are dismissive of other people. I want to hang out with people who are, have like empathy, sympathy, are able to give up their time generously. Mm -hmm. The people who, I don't want to hear somebody say, who only talks about 
their tax incentives and how this is going to cost them money. I'm not, you know, I, I think we all have to kind of look at humanity as humanity and be there for one another. So that's another value I would have that if you tend to focus only on the me, then chances are we're not going to be a we. Mm. Right? Good one. That, did you just make that up? That's a rhyme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if, yeah, if, if it's only about you, then it's probably not going to work because I, I really feel like um, I, I've spent this time sort of building wealth, building relationships, building, a, building my career, building all of this. And, I, and I'm going to be 50 in like 14 weeks or 13 weeks early in the next What's year. Birthday? Yeah. So I figure. I spent, pardon me? Scorpio? No, Aquarius. Aquarius. Wait, yeah, January. 14 weeks, not days. February. Oh, no, weeks. Yes, yes. So I figured I spent the first 50 years sort of building my wealth and I want to spend the next 50 years sort of giving away it. I, I don't have any necessity to take anything with me. So I would like to just sort of build those foundations so that I know that I'm going to give away pretty well everything I've made before I leave. Mm, that's amazing. I know I see someone on here is like props and praising you here. Sahara. Oh, nice. Like you're such boss. I haven't, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. You're a bright light in this world for real. Wonderful. Um, so, I mean, I really feel like um, the only thing you leave behind is the memory of you. So if you, if people have good memories of you, if you were helpful to that person, uh, whether big or small, that memory will live on because it, death is inevitable. We're all going to go. So however we're remembered is all that's left. Yeah. So I think this is a good pivoting question. Okay. I do this riddle when I speak now because I did a poll one time and I was really, I was, it kind of blew me away. So, and this is very common. I mean, you can, you can agree to this um, when, when you hear it and especially in the entrepreneur world. Um, but do you feel that net worth impacts self-worth or that our self-worth impacts our net worth? Oh, I think it's self-worth impacts our net worth. Absolutely. But do you, can you see what I mean? How a lot of people think it's flipped. Yeah, that's unfortunate because it doesn't mm -hmm. mean it's just, it's just a figure in the bank or it's just a figure in your portfolio. It doesn't define who you are. You define who you are by your actions. Yeah. And I know I keep because harping on it, but it's by that generosity of mm -hmm. time and knowledge you know, resource that you impact people's lives. And that, helps contribute to your own self-worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, you mentioned too earlier, like there was a time where you guys had lost like in a month, $10 million. <laughs> you want, you want to hear a funny story? Yeah. So my dad and I, my dad was an avid lotto buyer. I mean, unbelievable. Couldn't not help himself to buy a lottery ticket every week. Right. Uh -huh. so we're in Canada at one point, um, checking out on those buildings and my dad is with me and he says, um, my ticket, my numbers won. My numbers came in. And I'm like, are you kidding? Because he played the same numbers every week. And he's like, they came in. My numbers came in. This ticket's worth like 300 grand. And I was like, wow. And there's a lady in front of us 
as we're going to cash in this ticket. And I said to my dad, could you imagine what that money, I mean, we had lost everything. Money was gone. Yeah. So could you imagine what that money would do for that woman? I mean, she was obviously in bad shape. And my dad looks at me and goes, do you want to give her the ticket? And I said, I think we should just give her the ticket. And he's like, are you real? And I said, just give it to her. I mean, what difference will it make? It's not going to really change anything. We're on the right path. We have these government contracts now. We're going to be able to be we're fine. I, I borrowed $5,000 from an uncle and I managed to make it work. And he's like, okay, we'll give her the ticket. And so we went to go cash in the ticket. I said to the lady, hang on here just for a second. It was the wrong week. My dad had purchased the ticket the week prior. And so it was the wrong week. The numbers came in the week after, but we were trapped. He never bought the ticket. And my dad says, it's okay because your intention was to give the money away. And I said, yeah, but I feel terrible now. <laughs> but I realized that. Maybe God was testing you. Maybe that was like your test before your blessing. He's like, let's see if this is going to compromise your integrity because that kind of money will shift if, if character isn't built. And I remember telling somebody, I was like, you know, I know that I had to go through certain things because it has built my character and I wouldn't have been ready for certain things in life because I would have been self-destructive. And right. so I had to build a strong character because that's something I had to build, you know, um, through life experiences, through God, God gave me lessons, um, or whatever you guys believe in, you know, universe life for those of you watching. But yeah, sometimes that type of money can really, they say like, what they say, like people that on average that win the lotto lose it within a year or something like that. You know, dumb shit for sure. Yeah. Imagine like, if you were to be able to give away even just 10% of of your like big windfall checks that we make, right? The triple digit flips, just mm -hmm. give away 10% of it. Just give it away. Find somebody who really needs it. And there's plenty of opportunities for that right now because there are some people that are really suffering when it comes to uh, making their day-to-day -day not, you know, are, or, are facing homelessness. Yeah. Do you randomly just find people and you're like, hey, like yeah. this? santa and just give stuff away or do you because i never see really a lot of that on the posts i mean no, i mean i wouldn't necessarily post that because i feel like that's some people you know, a lot of people do <laughs> a lot of people do i i never really understood that i mean i i want to talk to everybody and i'm always giving the 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 guidance of saying you know be charitable be generous be charitable be generous but that's between you, that person, and God, right? Just making sure that you're looking after all creation all the time. And have you noticed times where you've blessed others, you've been blessed like tenfold? Every time. Not one time. Every time. Every time. I have it because I gave it away. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people don't give because of fear. Right. But every time we listen to the, the scary voice... It's never guiding us the right way. Mm. And you're in, and you know, most people's intuition is to be helpful. Mm -hmm. So give into your intuition, which is to be helpful um, and quell the voice of fear. You'll always be successful. Mm. I love that. And I love you also sharing your personal experience so people can hear that as well. Like they'd be like, oh, well maybe I will only get blessed one out of 10. You're saying every single time you got every blessed. Time. Every single time. A hundred percent. That's amazing. 
what would you say? I can't even believe we've been on for almost an hour. <laughs> like, I feel like I talked to you all day. Um, what would you say? And I think this is a great one to like close with because I want to be respectful of your time. But what would you say if you could give the audience, you, you dropped so many diamonds today, but if you could give the audience one thing that they can integrate and implement into their day-to-day -day life that you know will make an impactful shift, what would that one thing be? Trust your inner voice. Trust the voice, not the voice that, that um, the scared voice. Trust that confident voice that all of us have from our, that we've built from our experiences in life. Trust that voice to guide you. And what if somebody doesn't quite know what that is? You mentioned meditation being one way to connect to it. Is there another way to maybe practice strengthening? Because sometimes those voices, they sound the same loudness. So, I mean, I, I spoke about it earlier is to, to pray in congregation really has an impact on, on how you pray because it allows you to just focus on that submission to God. And I feel like when we've submitted ourselves entirely, then the, the voice of reason, the voice of experience, the voice of guidance is more prevalent in our minds. So some, so if I had to say one, one, if it was one word that I had to give you would be, you know, submit, just give in, give in to um, being a child of God, just submit. That word might trigger a few people. <laughs> <laughs> Surrender, maybe. Surrender. Sure. Words carry power. Submit. I think it might like trigger certain people. Okay. <laughs> but submit, surrender. Yeah. That's. We can't do it on our own. We need help. Yeah. So, you know, the sooner we realize that, the stronger we'll be. Mm. Wow. So much value today. Thank you so much for being Oh, yeah. Thank you. And minding my business. And you just. You're just such a light in this world. I'm just very grateful to be connected with you and for to have you today. I know that you served a lot of people. For those of you watching, make sure you go follow this powerhouse woman and give her some love. For those of you watching the replay, make sure you drop a comment below of your biggest takeaway from today and what you plan on integrating from today on. Thank you so much for watching Minding My Business, where you're here to elevate your business, your mindset, and your life, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you hanging out with us today. If you found value in this episode, subscribe and share with your business besties. Head over to tanyacoliver.com and claim your free thank you gift. Remember, you deserve to look, feel, and live life as your most elite self.